Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. The Michelin Countdown to Green on IMSA Radio. Hello everybody and welcome along to round two of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. It's one of the big races of the year. Second round of the Michelin Endurance Cup as well as the 71st annual Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. We're in our Michelin Countdown to Green. I'm John Hindorf. Jeremy Shaw will join me in a little while. Let's head straight down to an absolutely jam-packed pit lane where Sheer Adam is with Ben Keating to kick off Countdown to Green. Morning, Sheer. Good morning, John. It is a beautiful morning here at Sebring International Raceway, and it's an even more beautiful morning for one Mr. Ben Keating. Go for your picture first, because for Ben, it hasn't even been, well, what would it be now? About 14 hours since the last victory. Ben Keating, winner at Sebring International Raceway once again, but this time with Corvette Racing. Now you got your wind stuff back on. You're ready to drive this P2. That's some impressive math you did there, Shay, on uh, how much time it's been. It's because I've had my caffeine this morning. Yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good this morning. You know, last year, this was the toughest physical thing I'd ever done. I, I, I burned 11,600 calories over the two-day period. I lost 12 pounds, and I hadn't weighed less. I hadn't weighed that little since I was in high school. Uh, I was in bad shape after the race, and so I've really worked hard at uh, making sure I'm better prepared. And, you know, uh, 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 God gave us the benefit of a much cooler weekend. So, uh, uh, it's, you know, I, I'm much better prepared this year uh, and uh, ready for a good race. Well, you should be prepared. You come into this race with a couple of wins in the last couple of years from the Sebring 12-hour as well. But I want to talk a little bit about the strategy from Corvette Racing, getting all your drive time out of the way early on. And it was a lot of drive time. I shouldn't make it sound like getting it out of the way. How much has that helped you prepare for getting your time out of the way early on in this one? I don't think so. I don't think so. The reason for getting all your drive time out of the way early in both races is that uh, you, know, you always have the potential of a safety car. And so it, you know, it doesn't really matter if I get a half-lap lead on the field or if I'm half a lap behind the field. As long as I take care of the car, when a safety car comes out, that all goes away either direction. And you know, it's unusual to have a safety car in the World Endurance Championship, but we did get one. And so uh, that extends your drive time. It extends your fuel mileage and it makes it easier to get the drive time done. There were several cars that had their pros in the car for that. And then, you know, our pros have to race against their bronzes. So it's kind of the same strategy here. Uh, uh, But the reason I say it doesn't really benefit me is because, you know, uh, it's hard to do this day after day after day. And so, I, you know, 
I had a lot of driving on Thursday because I was practicing in both classes and uh, qualifying in the uh, WEC uh, Corvette. But uh, And then yesterday I qualified in the P2 and then raced in the VET. And so uh, I've had already had two days of big efforts, high heart rates, and uh, a third day in a row is tough no matter how you cut it. And so, you know, uh, I'm going to try to knock out my drive time as early as possible, but i got to be smart about it too. And it's still a quarter of the race. I mean, three hours is not insignificant around Sebring, but is the P2 car, is it less physical to drive? It's still a challenge. Uh, the, I would say the Corvette is a dream to drive around here. The way it eats up the bumps is magical. And I would call the P2 drive violent. It is, uh, uh, it is really difficult. There's so little suspension travel that it just really beats you to death. You know, I'm wearing an elbow pad because my elbow is black and blue of getting beaten up. As you have the wheel turned to the right around 17, you hit the bumps. My elbow is hitting the uh, windowsill, uh, uh, and uh, it's really violent. So uh, that's why I'm happy to do the Corvette first. Yeah, but I know you're going to be smiling through every lap today. Ben, good luck. Hopefully it's win number four here at Sebring for the 12-hour. Win number who knows what for Sebring as a whole. Congratulations on another win yesterday. Thank you, Shay. That's Ben Keating. Some wonderful insight from the man. Now, my cohort for today is none other than Joe Bradley, who is with Mark Miller from Gradient Racing. They've had a bit of a trial and tribulation so far, eh, Joe? Uh, pretty typical Sebring for Mark Miller and the 66 Acura. Um, Mark, long day ahead of everyone, and this is a race where you can't really, you can't really project what's going to happen, can you, at all? No, I mean that's that's the thing about the 12 hours of Sebring. It's it's 12 hours, and you really don't know what's going to happen until really the last few minutes. And um, this is, I just wrote this on Instagram. This is like the toughest, hardest roughest track to run any amount of time much less 12 hours so um you know we the the first 10 or 11 hours i mean we're thinking about survival and staying on the lead lap um hopefully having a good car under us but because we start in the in the morning and run through the entire day and it ends at night you really just need your car to be good in the last three hours so if you can hang on until then and then all of a sudden the car comes alive so we really don't know what we have in the last three hours because we didn't get a lot of night practice, unfortunately. Had a lot of issues, and we were able to kind of recover. But early in the morning, the car seems to be okay. Heat of the day seems to be not the greatest, so we're hoping that means that it's just going to come alive at night, so we'll see. I mean, you crossed the line with, I think, five seconds for your night practice qualification. I mean, that pressure's gone now. We're thinking about the race. And when you said there, you just have to get to the last two hours. We are still going flat out to those last two hours. No holds barred. Oh, yeah. No one cruises. And that's the problem. It's like uh, if everyone cruised then, and we waited until the end, one, it would be, it'd probably be a lot less cautions, but it wouldn't be maybe as entertaining as, as a race. But we hope that we expect to see a lot of cautions just because of all the sessions that we've seen. We've seen a lot of issues. A lot of the prototypes really struggle with the bumps here, getting power down, especially on outlaps and cold tires. Um, and they're also pretty argy-bargy sometimes, so like they know how fast they are compared to the GT cars. But, I mean, we're on the limit, and we need the space that we have. And if they take any of that away, it becomes difficult. So, you know, coexisting out there is going to be really important um, and really looking out for yourself and other drivers at the same time. 
for most part to make this go green for the long time. But starting where we're starting, we don't mind a few cautions early on just to keep us uh, safely on the lead lap. But at the same time, we hope to find out what kind of pace we have compared to everybody else. Ian James, my favorite question to ask, especially of a first-time Rolex winner. What time is it? Oh, yeah, that, uh, that memory's going to last for a long time, and uh, I've heard that one a few times since then. <laughs> it's one of those things that's so magical. Are you actually wearing the watch? No, I'm not wearing it here. Uh, well, not here, but in general. Uh, I have worn it, so uh, it's definitely not going to be uh, something I put in the closet, so yeah. Championship lead after winning the Rolex. That's the important thing coming into the remainder of the season. Your team, Heart of Racing, they know how to get this done. And I say your team because you've been a big part of all this. But you specifically, coming into Sebring, this is a track that's been very kind to you in the past. Does that make you extra excited for the season to come? Yeah, I mean, all throughout, you know, I've had the pleasure to come and race here over the years. I've always uh, seemed to have a good bit of luck here. So uh, hopefully that continues today. It's a track I love coming to. I love the atmosphere here. I love the challenge of the track, and uh, hopefully I can hand it off in, uh, in a good position to the boys to go, uh, go to the front. Is it three times you've been on the top step here? Yep, I uh, won it three times, and I uh, won't be sad if I win it a fourth. Yeah. Good luck today. Thank you. Shit, Adam and Joe Bradley down in the pit lane. In fact, let's stay down in the pit lane for the moment and go back to Joe Bradley. Where are you, Joe? I know it's busy down there. I'm with Alex Quinn, who's the teammate of Ben Keating. And by contrast, Ben, who's kind of been around this scene forever. Alex Quinn, relative newcomer, British driver as well. Alex, here you are. First Sebring, 12 hours. You can't, you, you can't not feel that vibe that's already building. Yeah, it's quite amazing. You see the amount of people on the pit lane right now. is It's incredible, the tension, the music. It's cool, and it's, it's all new to me. Like you said, it's a new experience, and with endurance racing, it's, there's new objectives for me to learn, and it's, it's exciting. Yeah, US razzmatazz is what we're seeing. We're not used to that being Brits. Um, what are you looking forward to the most to get out of today, Alex? Well, I mean, it, it, it's a race where anything could happen. You know, Sebring is hard. I, I've got to learn that in the race, and, um, you know, we can't have too many expectations because so much can change, but we're going to take every stint at a time and do the best we can, and hopefully at the end, when it gets dark, we can be right up there at the front. Are you nervous? I would imagine you can't not be nervous. No, to be honest, I'm not nervous. I don't get nervous. But, um, yeah, you still feel all the, the atmosphere. But it's, it's not nerves. It's just excitement. Just want to get on with it. Thank you. There's a man who just loves coming to race on a Saturday at Sebring International Raceway because it means he's a part of this 12-hour contest. Nick Tandy, three times, I believe, you've won this race before, and it is one of those that you can just cinch up the belts and make a big difference at the end of the race, isn't it? It is. It's a driver's circuit. It's a driver's event. Of course, you've got to have the team and the car around, but, um, you know, it's like when the, this race, the majority is in the day, but then it goes to dark, and you don't get a lot of dark running. It's things like this, you know. There's, there's aspects of the race that you can influence more than a general kind of, you know, the normal length IMSA stuff or even a 24-hour that's pretty straightforward to work out strategy for. So, yeah, it's time for number four, I hope. It seems to be that these races that uh, have a lot of daytime running that then go into darkness, they favor you. I mean, Motul Petit Le Mans is the same thing as well, four wins there. Um, but this is a different category for you now. Overall, going for the overall win, do you approach the race any differently with that aspect? No. I mean, honestly, the only difference is we get the class split. 
which does influence how the strategy goes around. Obviously, like a GT, if you came, if you pitted and there was, you come out behind GTD or GTD, or if you're in GT Pro or GT LM, then you would start behind those. But obviously, we get to, to split to the to the back of GTP, so this changes this. But generally, no, it's you know you've got to be in it. You, the car's got to be good at the night, like always, when the race is won, and you've got to be ready to go. Porsche Penske Motorsport, that's the team that you want to be running with if you're going to be in any of these categories, let's face it. But this is a team that's had a, a tale of two Porsches so far. The seven not going out for warm-up this morning. Do you know what's been going on with them? And has it helped you guys in the six at all? Um, they had a small issue, which is now sorted. Um, obviously, the car, there wasn't much damage yesterday from the qualifying, but um, they rebuilt everything just to make sure, double-check. And, yeah, just running up this morning, they found something that needed attention, so went back. Shouldn't be an issue. Um, we learned a bit, a little bit on the sixth side, actually. I, I, you know, it wasn't such a positive aspect, but maybe this can help us during the race. Um, so, yeah, let's see. It's going to be a long one. It's going to be a hot one and a tough one. And uh, the last question, of course, we had the WEC race yesterday with two Penske's uh, running over there. Did they learn anything useful from that race? They learned it's going to be difficult. The, the, I mean, honestly, the problem we have, and it's you know, it's it's the same, it's a similar sort of thing, and it sounds very boring, but it's a key aspect to our racing. We've got these these quite big, heavy cars with lots of downforce, lots of energy going into the car and the chassis, um, with tons of horsepower, and trying to protect tyres. You're going to be talking a lot about tyres. And, Shay, if you can keep an eye on who's doing what with tyres in the pit lane and come and let me know also, it would be really helpful. So we have limited amount of tyres we can use, how teams are going to do that, what we're going to do during the race, and, you know, what we've got left at the end is going to play a big part. It's, it is a massive thing, especially in GTP with the weight and the power that we have going through the rear axle. Well, big advantage starts for you guys. You only use one set in qualifying, whereas the Acuras use two. So there you go. There's one little tidbit for you, Nick. It, it all helps. It all helps, yeah. Good luck today. Thank you. A smiling Nick Tandy. I could hear that uh, with Shea Adam down there in the pit lane. Welcome to Michelin Countdown to Great Jeremy Shaw. Uh, and some interesting points there that uh, Nick Tandy made, actually. And uh, some of them are very, I mean, they're all very, very valid indeed. Um, uh, very quickly, let's go through some Porsche keys to the race, Jeremy. You heard there, I normally say, and the tyres uh, for uh, one of our Porsche keys to the race. Tyre talk, I think, with the heat of today. Certainly we saw tyres getting absolutely hammered in the WEC race. And at the end of a second stint, there was a significant performance drop-off. Saving a set of tyres for the end here, Jeremy, might be absolutely key if we've got a race, race restart. Uh, you'll be saving several sets of tyres for the last few stints. Uh, most of the teams will be double stinting, I think, through the early portion of the race uh, and then uh, running fresh sets uh, as, as, as many as they can for uh, as many of the final stints as they can. But certainly the last uh, two or three for sure, uh, they'll be running fresh sets of tyres. And uh, it's, it's interesting that uh, on that strategy of Accu's running two sets in the qualifying period yesterday, uh, you know, the, the tyres, they only had sort of maybe one or two laps on them, and that's when their tyres are their ultimate best. But after that, they are super consistent. So the Accu teams don't see that as being necessarily a, a, a deficit in any way. Uh, and uh, it, But tyre strategy is certainly going to be very, very important, John. 
Uh, we'll take some more keys to the race, Porsche keys to the race, after we've heard from Josh Pearson doing double duty uh, this weekend. He's with Joe Bradley. Yeah, the number 35 TDS Racing uh, car in LMP2. Josh Pearson down to drive that car. Josh, after yesterday's utter disappointment, I would imagine you're trying to just wait for the day to make up for it. Yeah, you know, just trying to focus on the positives, really. Um, we've got a really strong lineup for the 12 hours here, and, you know, it's full focus on, on what we can do today to try and win this race and, and putting what happened yesterday behind us. You've got to feel for just how intense and how physical this race can, is going to be. Um, apparently, the weather forecast is going to be slightly hotter. What does that mean from the driver's point of view? Yeah, you know, it's definitely going to be a challenge. Um, hotter weather means it's going to be hotter in the car, and, and with the closed cockpit car, we don't have a lot of, uh, a lot of airflow, so... Um, it's definitely going to be hot in the car, and it's it's going to be a, a physical challenge. But you know that's part of it, and it's it's going to be a test of attrition. I think you know it's going to be who can who can who can be the the strongest in the car physically and mentally, and and who's going to be able to stay on top of it throughout the race. And you hear sat, sat in the shade. It's nice and cool under the under the uh, underneath the garages. Um, you pick up that sort of tip from the likes of your very experienced teammate Guido van der Garde, who sat next to you. Do you glean that? It's is it that sort of experience that you take from from someone like him yeah you know i think for sure when when you're a silver or a bronze and i think you definitely you know you you learn a lot from your your platinums and your golds that you're driving with um so for sure you know i think i, I get a lot of tips from guido and, and a lot of advice so you know i'm always learning from them and and that's part of it you know is taking what they tell me and, and putting it into into practice it's not all about breaking and turning in is it it's all about the package thanks guys good luck see you out there Aaron Taylor, you've got to be enjoying this whole open qualifying thing because once again, back behind the wheel of the Lexus, you've got pole positions to your name. But man, what an effort yesterday. I thought you were going to have something for the Acura. You're going to have them in the race though, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, qualifying doesn't uh, matter all that much in a 12-hour race. A lot of time to make things happen, but great spot to be up front uh, in our number 12 Lexus RCF GT3 car. Vassar Sullivan team has been putting together awesome race cars uh, for both the GTD Pro car and the GTD car at Daytona. Two top fives uh, for both our cars, and now we're here. Both of us start second in our respective classes. Pretty good start. It really is, and you both are going to be on the outside going into turn one. Can there be any working together between you and your former teammate Jack Hawksworth? I mean, yeah, we'll see. You know, we're going we're gonna to be riding around the outside in turn one at Sebring, which you can make work uh, pretty easily. Um, so it's not the worst spot to be, and it's really wide, funnels down to pretty narrow coming down to turn three, but, you know, it's the start of a 12-hour race, so we're going to just work together to get through it cleanly first. Now, you guys got a win here at Sebring in the sprint back in 2020, which actually worked out well for you, went on to win the sprint championship. What is it about the race being so much longer that makes it so much more difficult, though? I mean, you add more time to a race, and more stuff can happen, more things can go wrong, and it feels like, for us, you know, we've had a lot of stuff go wrong in these 12-hour races at Sebring the last few years we've we've struggled to get a car to the finish cleanly so that's going to be our number one goal here uh today we know we've got fast race cars but if they're not clean at the end we don't have a shot and you got to think championship too you're looking long term absolutely got to think championship you don't want to start off the race with two bad races we've got one good race we're looking for another good race here to get going for 2023 good luck today Aaron thank you Shea Adam and Joe Bradley down there on the very busy pit lane which is starting to be cleared right now let's get back to our Porsche keys to the race um, we've talked about tyres Jeremy, everybody will tell you that the race starts when it gets dark so obviously you've got to be in with a shout at that point and that might mean reacting 
and changing strategy depending on how any safety car periods, yellow flag periods uh, come here. We unusually saw a safety car deployed in WEC yesterday. I suspect we'll see more uh, here today. You've got to be fluid. You can't just sit with one plan here at Sebring when you've got 12 hours ahead of you. No, you've, you've got to be adaptable. You've, uh, you, I mean, you, you come up with a strategy, you have a plan for the race. Uh, a couple of teams have sent me their, their, their driver roster and how that's going to play out during the race, who's doing how many stints and when. But uh, you've got to be adaptable. You, ca- you can't be uh, hard and fast to that. Uh, I, I just talked to Parker Thompson a little while ago, uh, at, uh, who's driving w- the, the Lexus car number 12 in GTD for Vassa Sullivan. And he was originally uh, planning not to be driving much at night. His first stint in the morning was going to be 6 o'clock. Then there was a change of plan. Uh, and he was, he was told to be, to be ready for 3 o'clock in the morning to go race so he got out of bed early he had a massage he was all pumped up and ready to go and then he was told no he's not going to be on till seven well he was bouncing up and down and literally vibrating uh, ready to get in the car and he had to uh, put himself on pause for three or four hours uh, and that was awfully difficult during a 24 hour rest when there's not much time for sleep in any case so those sort of things uh, are something that the team needs to get properly planned out ahead but you always have a contingency plan as well Good ad to share Adam uh, on the pit lane with uh, one of the Cadillac teams. With Chip Ganassi and Chip, this is the start of a very exciting Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring because it's an all Cadillac front row. It's your car in second. I thought Sub was going to have a shot at that pole, didn't you? I did, Shay. And, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, we had that yellow there. I, I think we were on a fat one ready to, you know, but anyway, that's what it is, you know, but we can win from here. And uh, hopefully, uh, be nice to put two of these in a row together. It'd be nice. Uh, it's a you, long day. It is a long day, but it's an enjoyable one. It's my favorite race day of the year. Um, you guys were also running yesterday with the blue Cadillac, the number two. What did you learn from yesterday's race that can help translate over to today? Well, that's a good question. You know, it, it's always good when you're running another car. You know, you get you get you get a little bit of in, you know best practices or information flow back and forth. And, uh, you know, um, going to be interesting, a little bit of rubber down maybe that for, for, for the IMSA race that wasn't down for the WEC race. And uh, so we're, we're, I mean, we're, it's, a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a jump ball here, you know. And, and uh, well, you know, it's going to be interesting the first lap or two, just make sure that everything's, everybody settles in. It was your car that saw the checkered flag first last year getting the win. Uh, your racer at heart, how much do you love today? I mean, I, I, you know, I, I've always been one that I, I love these big races, you know, like, you know, the, 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 the Daytonas, the Sebrings, Le Mans, Indy, they're all great races, you know, but they're, I, I love big events and it's such a, it's so fun to see the crowd here and the people, the infield's full of uh, fans, uh, I don't think I've ever seen so many people here, so it's kind of, uh, you know, it, it, it gets you energized as, 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 as a team owner. And, uh, you know, some, somebody's paying attention to what you're doing, you know. Good luck today, sir. Thank you very much. Pole position is the 31 wheel and engineering Cadillac and the man who put that car on pole position, Pebo Durrani. Pebo, tell me a little bit about the lap and how it came yesterday. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a short qualifying session, so you always want to try and put the lap in before a red comes out, which is what happened at uh, Daytona. Um, so we, we waited a little bit, but then we, we were able to put two laps in, which uh, was enough for pole. Had it gone green, um, could we have stayed on pole? I believe so, but you know, at the same time, um, there were other cars on track with uh, good sectors, so 
It's a long race. Uh, qualifying has done a good... Uh, Cadillac has done a fantastic job to bring a good qualifying car for this race, uh, which means performance is getting better. So, uh, yeah, looking for lots to look forward for the 12-hour race. Sharing the front row with another Cadillac, has there been any kind of manufacturer conversation going on about, you know, how you're going to race for the, the early stages? I mean, it's a long race. We want both Cadillacs to be at the end. Thanks, people. Pete Tarani with Joe Bradley before that, Shea Adam and Chip Ganassi. Michelin counts down to green. Jeremy Shaw alongside me. Let's take a look at a big grid of cars here for the 71st annual Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. Yeah, this is round two then of the IMSA WeatherTech Sport Championship for, for most of the classes. However, it's round one of the season-long series for LMP2 and LMP3. Uh, but uh, we've got a total of 53 cars. Then we've got eight GTPs, eight LMP2s, nine LMP3s. And then we've got in GTD, we've got eight pro cars and 20 regular non-pro cars. So starting at the back in the 53rd position, uh, uh, the, the last two cars on the grid both qualified up toward the front in their respective classes, but went to the back because they failed the minimum ride height check after after qualifying yesterday. So at the back of the grid is the pole scissor from Daytona, or the fastest car at Daytona, Philip Ellis in car number 57. That's a Mercedes AMG GT3 for Woodward Racing. Same problem for the GTD Pro car. That's number 79, the race winner at Daytona in GTD Pro. Number 79, WeatherTech Racing Mercedes. Starting driver will be Daniel Junkadea. 51st position on the grid, Michael Grenier in cover 32, another Mercedes for Team Courthoff Motorsports. That's another car that had problems in qualifying because Michael Grenier got out of the car before the end of the session, therefore lost his times. Bit of a no-no there. Also some problems in qualifying for Bill Arbolin in the Turner Motorsport BMW, that's car number 95. And more seriously for Klaus Backler in the number 9 FAF Motorsports Porsche 911 GT3R. Heavy crash for Backler in qualifying, he will start in the 49th position then of those who did set times that get that, that uh, stayed david brule will start kind of a 92 that's a kelly moss with riley porsche in the 48th position alongside sheena monk in number 66 gradient racing acura nsx gt3 two porsche 911 gt3 r's on row 23 of the grid uh, P.J. Hyatt in car number 80 for AO Racing. Can't miss that car, the T-Rex car. And for Wright Motorsports, another car you can't miss, that bright yellow Volt Racing at number 77 of Alan Brynjolfsson. Row 22, car number 44, Magnus Racing Aston Martin Vantage GT3. Starting driver is John Potter. All of those guys by, guys, by the way, they're staying in a house in Lakes Placid, uh, but they had a power cut last night, so they had to have their showers this morning in the uh, in the dark it also has a minor problem in the warm-up as well so they're hoping for a better race if number 44 they will start in the 44th position alongside him alan metney kind of a 91 the second of the kelly boss with riley porsches row 21 and aston martin one of the two harder racing teams that's kind of a 27 for ian james alongside the iron dames lamborghini huracan gt3 evo 2 kind of 83 is michelle gatting number 21 is the AF Corsa Ferrari 296 GT3, Simon Mann, the starting driver in the 40th position, alongside Giorgio Cernagiotto in the Cetelar Racing Ferrari, car number 47. The lone McLaren in the field, McLaren 720S GT3 Evo, as for Inception Racing, car number 70, is Brendan Erebe. 
alongside him. Frank Pereira from France in car number 63, another of the Iron Lynx Lamborghini Huracans running in a GTD Pro class. Row 18, that's all regular GTD. Loris Spinelli, also from Italy, in the Forte Racing, powered by US Racetronics Lamborghini Huracan, alongside Patrick Gallagher, the Turner Motorsport BMW, car number 96. Row 17 on the outside is Madison Snow for Paul Miller Racing, the BMW M4 GT3 car number one, alongside the 023 Alessio Rivera for Triazzi Competizione in a Ferrari 296 GT3. Row 16, Jan Halen, the Wright Motorsports Porsche 911 GT3R, that's car number 16. Alongside Aaron Tielitz, the second fastest qualifier in GTD non-pro, that's car number 12, the Lexus RCF GT3 for Vassa Sullivan. Two GTD pro cars on row 15, Daniel Serra in the Rissi Competizione Ferrari 296, car number 62. Alongside Alex Riberas, car number 23 for Heart of Racing Team. That's an Aston Martin Vantage GT3. The 14th row of the grid is the fastest qualifier in GTD. Kyle Marcelli from Canada, tremendous job in qualifying in at number 93. Racers Edge Motorsports with WTR, Wayne Taylor Racing Acura NSX GT3. And then ahead of him, two GTD Pro cars. Jack Hawksworth in caliber 14, the second of the Vassar Sullivan Lexus. But on the pole position for GTD Pro, car number three for Corvette Racing, the Chevrolet Corvette C8R GTD. The first pole for him in this car. The, the team did have one last year for Jordan Taylor, but it'll be uh, Antonio Garcia who starts that car from the 26th position. Moving on to LMP3, Tony's Kazimitz. Is the will start the Arve Motorsports Ligier, that's car number four. Row 12 of the grid, Lance Wilsey, the Sean Creech Motorsport Ligier JSB320, car number 33, alongside Ori Fidani, the AWA Duquesne, car number 13. Ahead of him here on the grid, Chris Allen in car number 38 for the Florida based Performance Tech Motorsports team, that's a Ligier, alongside the Duquesne, the second of the AWA cars, car number 17 is Anthony Mantella. Row 10 on the grid. Car number 30 making their seasonal debut. They did not compete at Daytona. That's Junior 3 Racing, another Ligier. Number 30 is Ari Baylog, alongside Gar Robinson in car number 74. The Riley Motorsports Ligier JSP320. The front row of the grid in LMP3. Second fastest from Florida, Dan Goldberg in car number 85. The JDC Miller Motorsports Duquesne. But on the pole position, his first pole position... From Holland, Glenn Van Berlo, the Andretti Autosport Ligier, car number 36. Now it's LMP2 for the next uh, eight positions. In the 16th place on the grid, car number 18, Dwight Merriman, the Era Motorsport, and the Orica LMP2. All the LMP2 cars are Orica chassis with the Gibson engine. Alongside him, Eric Lux in car number 51 for Rick Ware Racing. Row 7 of the grid, John Ferrano for Tower Motorsports in car number 8. Alongside High Class Racing's car number 20 from Denmark, Dennis Anderson. The second row of the grid in LMP2, George Kurtz, the Daytona winning CrowdStrike Racing by APR, car number 04. Alongside Stephen Thomas for TDS Racing. The second TDS car will start in the second position in the class. That's Francois Ariot in car number 35. The pole sitter for PR1 Matheson Motorsports, Ben Keating in car number 52. In GTP, then, the top eight positions on the grid. Conor Filippi, car number 25, one of the two BMW M Team RLL BMW M Hybrid V8s. 
alongside Maddie Campbell for Porsche Penske Motorsports, one of two Porsche 963s, that's car number seven. Row three, Augusto Farfus in car number 25, the second of the BMWs. And then the pole sitter uh, from Daytona, Tom Blomquist in car number 60, the Meyer Shank racer with Kerbanger Janine Acura ARX 06. Row two of the grid for Porsche Penske Motorsports, car number six, Matthew Jaminet. Alongside him, the championship leaders coming into this weekend, Ricky Taylor in car number 10 for Conor Camilota Acura ARX 06. Front row of the grid for Cadillac Racing. One of two Cadillac V-Series R's on the front row of the grid. Number 01 for Sebastian Bourdais. The pole sitter. A three-time winner here at Sebring. His second pole in three years for wheel and engineering racing Cadillac. Car number 31 is Pipo Durrani. Talking to Joe Bradley earlier on. Jeremy Shaw. The uh, full grid. Uh, let's head back down for a little bit of atmosphere. Share Adam, the formalities about completed and the teams strapping their drivers into the cars now yeah they are and it's that exciting time when all of a sudden there's nothing left to do but fire up the engines and every crew has their driver in the car we still have sunshades over the windshields because it is warm down here already and it's only going to get worse we're expecting a high of potentially 88 degrees fahrenheit today with the chance of rain i know jeremy mentioned it for the last hour but the last time i checked we're now expecting rain at about 8 p.m so this could be a very interesting night I'm going to talk while I walk with Jared Andretti, whose car will start, the Andretti Autosport car will start on the pole in LMP3. Does that add a pressure, Jared, you guys on the pole position? I, I don't think so. I mean, it's a 12-hour race. It's a lot can happen in 12 hours. I think uh, sprint races, it means a lot more, but it's really cool to have be on the pole at Sebring and, you know, really getting through the first 10 hours so you can fight the last two. Yeah, thanks, Jared. Jared Adretti with Joe Bradley down there. The pit lane being cleared now. Let's finish off our Porsche keys to race. React to the yellows. We've mentioned that. You've got to be uh, flexible. Um, getting to the darkness, having a new set of tyres, maybe a couple of new sets of Michelin tyres at the end of the race. We saw yesterday in the WEC race, Jeremy, how costly drive-through penalties can be the Ferrari number 50 which was the pole sitting car uh, give up two laps by being by having to come through the pits at exactly the wrong time when they were trying to keep the Toyotas uh, honest so perfect in the pits and no penalties easier said than done here but you really fight so hard for track position and you can give it away so easily by just a simple drive-through, never mind a stop and hold. Penalties is always something you want to t t steer clear of. And, and for those drivers that also competed yesterday, very different rules in yes. IMSA competition uh, during the races and for pit stop sequences as well. That's something they've really got to be uh, on top of. Spoke to Dane Cameron over the week. He was doing both races. He, he's told his engineers for both of the cars, treat me like an idiot. Treat me as if I did, don't know anything at all. Tell me which pit I'm coming into and when. Uh, and that's something that all of the teams have got to be aware of. In the pit lane itself, again, no mistakes by the crew either. Again, it's hot out there this afternoon. It's going to be really, really tense. It's going to be exciting. The adrenaline is going to be pumping. And it's all. It, while that helps you with your concentration sometimes, it can also lead to mistakes. What have we learned, Jeremy? Uh, 
from practicing qualifying, we had a very fractured and fractious nighttime session. And I think that'll be the thing that's in most of the team's minds because the the nighttime hours is where this race really is is running won and lost. What do we think about these new GTP cars over the bumps of Sebring? Well, we really don't know because Thursday was so fractious. It's hard to tell. And yesterday, the only running they did was in uh, in the uh, in the qualifying session. This morning, actually, was probably the longest run they had. Twenty minutes of green flag in the warm up. But there's a lot of question marks still out there. The Acura's had problems with the reliability on Thursday. They're going to be hoping that uh, they can go back to the form they showed during a test here, where the cars ran relatively trouble free. I'm not sure they've got to the bottom of that. You had a, a quick chat and apparently there's been some system quote-unquote upgrades uh, for which we changes since since the uh, Rolex 24 Daytona um, and there's not been an awful lot of time to test those before coming to Sebring International. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, and uh, and uh, But they did. They tried to make it better. And uh, they, they kind of took a half a step back, a half a step backwards. Hopefully, it's only half a step backwards, and they'll be able to regain that stride again for today's race. Hello to those of you here at Sebring International Raceway. The uh, the pre pre race officials uh, has uh, has all come to an end, and you're listening to IMSA Radio. The front of the grid begins to form up behind the IMSA safety car and roll out onto the track. We're bringing together the world's biggest endurance community as we're preparing to go live in sound and vision with IMSA TV and the World Feed TV player at imsaradio.com. It's on the drop-down menu to the top left of imsaradio.com. Welcome along, wherever you are in the world. Just wrapping up Michelin post-race tech. Your team for today in the pit lane, Shay Adam and Joe Bradley. And in our global broadcast centre, it's Jeremy Shaw and John Hindorf. We'll reset the Porsche keys to the race throughout the next 12 hours. We'll be looking for the BDO Nose Strategy Award for the team or individual who does the most to influence the race. Our VP Racing Fuel in-race updates will keep you aware of where all of the cars are. And, of course, we'll finish our broadcast after 10 past 10 tonight. And the chequered flag ends the race, but it's the start of the talking points with hashtag Michelin Post Race Tech. Are we ready to be entertained? Yes, we are. Cars rolling on the pit lane, just going past our booth now the bulk of the GTD field it's perfect weather 75 on the track 79 Fahrenheit in the air it's time to go racing at Sebring 